Hey everybody, and welcome to Rabbit's Rumblings, Podcast 170. This time I only have one thing to talk about, and that rambling will be about the Destiny beta for PlayStation 4. But it's a pretty big slash in-depth thing, so it'll be probably pretty long. And that's all I have, so hopefully you'll enjoy the show. Take my love, take my land, take me where I cannot stand. I don't care, I'm still free, you can't take the sky from me. Take me out, to the black, tell them I ain't coming back. Burn the land and boil the sea, you can't take the sky from me. So as long-term listeners might recall, Destiny was basically the reason why I decided to pick up PlayStation 4. While it is also out on PlayStation 3, and I did have a PlayStation 3, I had one of those really cheap launch day versions, and it only had, you know, 20 gig and landline connection only. So that wasn't feasible in terms of, you know, taking it to work or to the coffee shop to play from, which, as it turns out, might not be an option anyways in either case, but I'll talk about that in the rambly closing section. I had some recent good news about my unemployment, and I should be okay on money, so I have pretty much decided at this point that getting Destiny is still okay. I'm still working out minor details. Again, I'll talk about that a little bit in the close, but I decided to go ahead and take my PlayStation into the coffee shop and try and connect, and see if I could connect and, you know, what the beta is like and check that out on the PlayStation 4. I'm sure all of the thoughts I'm going to discuss are just general thoughts about Destiny overall, and the version won't really matter, because as far as I know, the versions, you know, for specific consoles, particularly the new generation compared to the old, is really just a difference in, like, visual quality and clarity and maybe some of the draw distance, since both have, you know, mixed populations from both of those consoles on each side, I really don't think there's going to be any difference in content or what you see in terms of actually playing the game. For those who are completely behind the times on what Destiny is, Destiny is a new IP from Bungie, who made the Halo series, among many other games. It will be out for PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4, as well as Xbox 360 and Xbox One. Apparently, each population will be separated by the console manufacturer. So if you start an account on, say, PlayStation 3, you can transfer over and continue that account with PlayStation 4, or in theory, you know, in the future, PlayStation 5. But you would not be able to log in and still have your same progress on, say, Xbox One. You would have to start a whole new account for the Xbox line because that's how they're separating the accounts. For those who are still holding out for a PC version, I believe I've said this already, but they've basically kind of already confirmed there isn't going to be a PC version. And if there were, they've kind of said, you know, they have no plans for it, which basically means they don't plan to do it anytime soon. So if a PC version ever does come out, it probably wouldn't be for at least, I would guess, two or three years before they would consider doing it. And since the PlayStation and Xbox populations are separated by console, one could assume, you know, if they do ever make a PC version, you would very likely be limited to, you know, only other PC players. 
which is fine, you know, if everybody you know is on PC, but if they're going to be like me and, you know, they would love a PC version, you know, there might be some hesitation as to changing over, you know, existing characters from, you know, PlayStation and, you know, completely starting over on PC. Anyways, that's all, you know, theoretical talk if they ever do make a PC version. But basically, Destiny is a first-person shooter from Bungie. It does pop out into third-person very rarely. Like, if you use your special ability, it will switch out for a few seconds there. If you jump onto basically what everyone will call a mount, but, you know, shooter people will more commonly call a vehicle, you'll be in third-person mode for that. And also, when you go to the tower, which is what they're calling the social hub, which is basically just where the vendors are, and, you know, a bunch of other people milling around. You'll be in third-person, sort of behind-the-shoulder mode for that, and you won't have your helmet on. So I guess you could argue it's sort of a hybrid of third-person, but you don't do any actual fighting in third-person. It's just kind of for, I guess you could say, transitions. There is a little bit of restriction with the pricing. Destiny will have a box fee, which, you know, at the time of launch is around 60 bucks, I believe. There are also going to be expansions, which I would assume would have prices tacked onto those as well, because they have discussed, you know, that season pass kind of thing for several expansions. So I'm guessing you're looking at expansion costs as well. Plus, for PlayStation, you'd need a PlayStation Plus account. And I'm guessing for Xbox, that would be an Xbox Live account. In order to access certain features, those features are grouping with friends, doing group content, which in the beta, which was just like five or six possible missions, only one of them was a group content mission, and PvP, which I would guess is the big one people who are going to do, you know, multiplayer things are going to look for, who have, you know, historically played, you know, the Halo series. From what I hear, that's the big thing people do, multiplayer. So it seems kind of like they're nitpicking you on little prices in addition to the box fee. But I guess that's fair because the PlayStation membership is only something like 50 bucks a year. So you get all of the PlayStation Plus stuff. You know, they, they give you all kinds of stuff besides just access to multiplayer and Destiny. And, you know, that works out to be, you know, four or five bucks a month. It's not that bad if you buy it, you know, as a whole year. My concern with this kind of model is, you know, what happens to those people who don't come in at launch? What about those people who are friends, who come in like six months after launch, their buddies have been playing, they want to jump in and join them. You know, let's say there's a couple of expansions out. Are they going to be looking at, you know, a $60 box fee plus $40 in expansion? I don't know. That would be really terrible. Hopefully they don't do that kind of model because that would be really mean. And, you know, hopefully as time goes on, the prices will come down pretty rapidly. So, you know, hopefully somebody who does jump in late won't have to pay, you know, too much more than, you know, the retail launch box price. But I guess we'll see in time. I'm sure that will become a rapid sore spot if they do, you know, gouge customers that are coming in late in that kind of fashion. So I'm sure, you know, I will talk about that in the future if it becomes an issue or not. Hopefully not. When you start the game and make a new character, you get very little info about your class. Pretty much it only describes what your sort of special or ultimate ability is. Since any class can use any weapon as far as I know, I don't think there are any restricted weapons. 
I guess one could argue it really doesn't kind of matter which class you pick, except for the ultimate. Though I do believe there are different perks for the different classes, which I'll sort of talk about in a minute. As you are playing, you get basically what I would call two kinds of experience. One is a more traditional overall level experience. You know, you'll see the bar at the bottom of your screen and you'll level up. And as you level up, you can unlock a special perk in your character's perk tree, which is not a talent tree. Because the second kind of experience you have is sort of use-based and just overall play experience, I guess you could say. And what I mean by that is you can unlock two types of perks. As I mentioned, there's the class perks, and then there will be weapon slash armor perks as well. So as you do the various things, say you're throwing a knife a lot as hunter, that will give you experience for that particular skill, I believe. And then it gives you, you know, experience overall for your level if you haven't hit max level. And then it gives you experience, you know, specific to the knife throwing. I believe weapons work similarly. There could be any item you have equipped. I'm not quite clear on that. But a lot of the items, you know, weapon or armor, which is green, will often have a few perks. Armor so far, the the demo caps at level 8, tends to pretty much only have one perk that it unlocks but weapons will typically have about four. So as you level up and you gain this sort of perk experience, you'll be able to unlock various things on the weapons and various things on your armor. So like after, I think it was like three and a half hours, I had hit max level on my character level. But as I still played, I was still unlocking perks for my class and I was still unlocking stuff on my various items. So there is still stuff to be gained even when you hit max level. And I suppose, too, in theory, if you aren't gaining leveling experience all that quickly, you're still going to be gaining, you know, perk experience, as it were. So there really is that kind of cool factor of, you know, your friend logs on. It's like, oh, hey, I'll go down and join my friend in the lower level stuff. Because you can still repeat the lower level stuff. And as far as I know, it scales the damage coming in to you as well as your damage going out. So it's still challenging. It's still kind of seems to be about the same difficulty in terms of completing it. So you're going to have a fun time with your friend, and you're still going to be unlocking cool perks. So there's always going to be something to be gained by joining with friends who are, you know, quote-unquote lower level. The bad guys are pretty varied from what I saw. I'm sure the demo levels are fairly restricted. You know, like I said, it caps the player level at level 8. I did see some bad guys that got up to level 11, as well as some which were question mark, which, you know, would one-shot you if you got close enough. And I probably saw about half a dozen bad guys per race, of which there were only two that you could see in the demo. So right off the bat, things look pretty varied and they're pretty different. And so there are, you know, three different strategies for the different bad guys. And, you know, the special ones do some kind of different things you want to adapt to. So the variety of bad guys seemed pretty cool. As I said before, there weren't a whole lot of missions to be done in the demo. There was like five, and it was limited to Earth, which is pretty much the training sort of area. It started on easy, but you could replay any level at any time at a harder setting. So that was pretty cool. That's what I did after I hit max. I would just, you know, put it on the harder setting and then replay it. As I think I said earlier, there was one mission behind that PlayStation Plus membership sort of paywall, 
which is kind of sad because it was really sort of the best experience. It had two boss fights, and it was designed for a group of three players. So if you're like me, you know, and you're soloing most of the time, it would just group you with two random people. But that seemed very definitely worth it. It was cool. Basically, all the other map types are in sort of open shared areas. So you'll see people who are not in your group who are in that same area doing some stuff. As far as I know, it's going to instance it. And I probably never saw more than between two and four players on average at any given time. I think the most I ever saw was about six. I'm sure they would get more, you know, in higher level areas. This was, again, like I said, targeting pretty much level two to four as training areas. And like I said, you know, pretty much capped them at level 11 for the higher areas. But pretty much there would be certain spots on the map where sort of rotating events would happen. Bad guys would spawn at point A and go to point B. Or sometimes, you know, they would just spawn in this one area and kind of, you know, keep respawning. I didn't see too many times where the bad guys would, you know, quote unquote, respawn on top of me. Usually it seemed to happen when players weren't around it. So that was pretty cool. You know, you'd see bad guys, you'd shoot them in the face, and then they'd be clear, and then you'd go away. Then you'd come back later, and they would be back, or they'd get drop shipped in, or, you know, they'd come out of sort of a, a special corner that you can't enter. So it did seem like, you know, bad guys were respawning and getting replenished, but it happened in ways that seemed natural. It didn't seem like, oh, this guy just spawned for no reason on my head. So that was very cool. In these open maps, there are public events. I think I grouped for about four of them. And you don't have to do anything special. You just go in within, I I guess, whatever is the assigned range for that event. And then you're counted as part of the event. Of the four I did at the time of this recording, two of them were the same one, and then two of them were different ones. The one I did twice was sort of a defend this point kind of thing. There was sort of a crashed probe and you'd pull out your ghost, and the ghost would start scanning it. And then you would have to stay within sort of a small radius around that while it sort of uploaded data. If you stepped out of that radius, it would stop uploading. And of course, you know, waves of bad guys would come in. And it seemed like when there were more guardians helping, once there was only me and one other person, and then once there was like four or five of us, it seemed like when there were more of us, the bad guys that came were a few more bad guys, And the boss-type bad guys were a little bit tougher. So I do think it scales for the number of guardians that are doing that particular public quest at the time. So that seemed pretty cool. But as I said, it did seem like they were kind of fixed for those who played Rift. And, you know, you'd see a Rift drop in one point, and then you'd go away, and then you'd come back five minutes later, and you'd see it happening again. It seemed like that kind of thing. But as I said, I did four of them. And this was in 10 play hours. So, you know, it's probably not super common. It's probably like, you know, you're in that area. You might see one. You might not. So it doesn't feel like it's a rotating sort of park ride kind of thing. You know, it feels like it is a genuine special event. So that was pretty cool. I did like the special public events they had going. Even though I did sort of repeat the content quite a lot, the bad guys do react differently enough in terms of, you know, how you're attacking them and what the Guardians are doing versus, you know, where the bad guys are placed, that it does seem like their AI is pretty smart. And it didn't seem, you know, boring. It did seem interesting, and they did seem to react sort of, 
I guess you could say properly. <laughs> like, you know, if two guardians are assaulting them from one side, you know, they would correctly hide around cover to protect themselves from it. If they were being attacked and flanked, you know, they would sort of spread out and attack and react in different ways. So that seemed pretty cool. As I said before, these areas are pretty much targeting level 2 to 4, so you can quite easily go off the beaten path, as it were, and run into those level 7 or level 11 guys, you know, when you are level 2 and 3. I think the first time this happened was my first playthrough. I was level 2, and it was saying, you know, go here for the waypoint. And when I came out of the waypoint, everything was level 5. So I was like, whoa, this is like super dangerous. I'm going to have to be careful. And then again, you know, when I was like level 5 doing some stuff, I turned around a corner and there were some level 7 guys. So it is very easy to run into guys which are higher than your level, so you do have to be careful. And like I said, there was that surprise where it's pretty much you go down into sort of old Russia, into sort of the depths. You'll very quickly run into those guys that are, you know, question mark level. Even at max level 8, they were still showing us question mark and one-shotting me, so... You absolutely don't want to go there. So even though the area does seem, you know, like a training area, which is limited to a specific level range, they don't seem to be locking you out of, you know, getting into trouble, as it were. It certainly doesn't feel like, you know, this is only for this level, and that's all you're going to find. And it certainly felt like, you know, later on, I would probably be sent back through that level, you know, at a higher level point. So that seemed pretty cool. Helping in the public event seems to award you a medal. I always got a gold medal, so I assume there are lower level medals. And I think based on this level of reward, you'll get a certain amount of Vanguard points, which you couldn't really do anything with them in the beta because there was nothing to spend them on. But it was basically sort of like a combination of faction and actual special tokens. I didn't get too many special tokens, but I did get like a third of the way, I think, to Vanguard rank 1. But none of the trainers or vendors that I saw had anything I could actually buy that required that. So I don't know if that's something that will come up, you know, in later levels or if it would be something that, you know, wasn't implemented yet. But helping out in the public events did reward you, you know, special extra points. So it was kind of worth doing it. Plus, you know, they were pretty fun and interesting. And, you know, different from the quest you've done maybe two or three times before. Music is typical Bungie epic music. And as common for Bungie games, they also don't let you control the volume. I mean, I suppose you could control the volume overall. But in terms of the voice balance versus the weapon sound volume versus the music volume, that's all totally controlled by, you know, the game. You have no control over it. So you can't say, you know, like I normally will put music down about 60% or sometimes even 40%. But, you know, you don't have that option in Destiny. It's just all controlled by the game. And as per usual for Bungie games, it does, you know, swell the music up louder or put on certain kind of music in certain situations. So everything does feel very epic, and the music, you know, quiets down when it's not so dangerous for your situation. I had a super fun time playing, and I didn't want to stop. Though I think long term, as a single player, it might not have a whole lot of appeal. I don't know how much total content there is, but like I said in the demo for the Earth area, I pretty much maxed it out after 3 hours. Even by the time of this recording of playing 10 hours, I'm still not quite tired of doing it. I love PvE content. I played 
two games of PvP have never really been into PvP. Doesn't seem that interesting to me. I'm sure most people would be. But in terms of PvE content, I am kind of concerned if people are going to burn out on it, especially solo players like me. You know, repeating the content is fun, but, you know, certainly redoing stuff with your friends and, you know, the public events is going to be where it's at as far as replayability. So, I don't know. You know, that's hard to judge from a demo, especially a demo of just the training area of, you know, is this how the maps are typically going to look? Is this the size of the map typically? Is this is this the type of public events that are going to happen? I don't know. I can't say for sure. But again, you know, I am kind of concerned that maybe there won't be quite as much content as people would hope for in terms of, you know, PvE content. But I guess we'll see, you know, in a month and a half when the game launches. The only real complaint I have about the game is that in this three-weapon system they have, you have a primary weapon, a secondary weapon, and a special weapon. And I expect those are different by class, but they don't tell you, you know, which are which. But anybody can use any weapon, like I said. But nothing on the item indicated which weapon it would be for you. Like, I'd love to have a pistol, an assault rifle, and a sniper rifle. But with the hunter, the pistol and the assault rifle are both primary weapons. The sniper rifle is secondary. And it seems like you have, like, machine guns and rocket launchers for your special So I didn't quite get to get sort of a three-weapon setup I would be totally happy with. But, you know, that seems fine because, you know, I'm sure they're doing it for balance reasons. But if you're in a store or something, it's not marked. So you really don't have any idea until you've sort of memorized which one is which. Like if you're like, oh, I'd really like a new primary weapon. And there's six weapons on the vendor. You know, unless you're familiar with those types of weapons, you don't know, you know, if it is a primary weapon or a special weapon or whatever. So that's, you know, a super minor gripe there. It would be nice if they marked that on the weapon, you know, somewhere. So far, I'd say it certainly has lived up to being a must-play sci-fi shooter if you're into that kind of thing. And it's pretty much everything I'd hoped it would be. If the game lives up to what I've seen in the beta, I will probably wind up giving it a 5 out of 5 or 90%. And that 10% is really only down because I think there will be a lot less content than probably what most people will expect there to be. I'm not saying, you know, the content's going to be bad. I'm sure the content will be awesome. But I just have a concern that, you know, after that first weekend the game is out, we'll probably see posts about people saying, oh, they completely finished all the PvE content. So, I don't know. We'll see, you know, when it launches and how much content there actually is and how replayable it is. But I'm guessing it will probably get a near-perfect score from me, from what I've seen so far. And I love it a lot. I would love to play more than I can. And so that's a very good sign. News for this week, the Hearthstone PvE content for Naxxramas is now out. I'd recommend even if you're just a casual Hearthstone player, you go jump in and start that. 
because apparently it's only going to be free for a short time, and they're going to unlock it one piece at a time, so this first piece is going to be the only piece that is free. Personally, I think that's a bad idea. I think the first one should always be free to, you know, entice players into paying for the following wings of that particular content. I don't know, maybe hopefully they'll change their mind. But if you are into playing Hearthstone at all, like I said, you know, jump in and activate that, and that way it's counted as, you know, something you own. Guardians of the Galaxy is due out next week, and Jupiter Sending is apparently not out. I got notice from unemployment that, you know, here's an estimated amount of what I should be getting a week. So I figured, well, Tuesday I'll get a call from them and uh, supposedly talk to them and, you know, I'm sure I'll get a verification of, yes, this is what will award you. And then I'll go watch Jupiter Sending that evening. So I went to look up, you know, what times it would be on and apparently it had no times. So I looked around and apparently it's been delayed until February. So I don't know when that happened or why it happened, but Apparently, Jupiter Ascending is not out and won't be for quite some time. So, I guess I will consider going to see it in February. And that's it for the news. We gather to thank those who surrendered booty to the rabbit. I'm sure we can all agree we love a little booty now and then. <laughs> the following be all the rapscallions that donated their booty. We do be thinking Sam H for the donation. Three cheers for donations. Hip hip. Arr. Hip hip. Arr. Hip hip. Arr. So that's it for this week's Rabbit's Ramblings podcast. It's a donation, so yay for donation. Still no Patreon donators as far as I know, which is super sad. And as I mentioned a few times at the start and then during the Destiny discussion, my life has gotten a little bit more sad again. Thursday I set up my system and played just fine. Nobody bugged me, nobody said anything Friday. I decided not to take it in Saturday, so I was kind of sad about that, and I wasn't really planning on playing again until Wednesday, but because I did miss it so much on Saturday, I decided to take it in and play Sunday, and right after I got it all set up and turned it on, the owner's kid, which is there sometimes, he's certainly there a lot more than I'd like him to be because he's not very friendly towards me. Anyways, he sort of complained that I had it, and he said it was too much to have console there which is just completely stupid and BS if you ask me, because the screen is basically the same size as my laptop screen, and the PlayStation 4 is pretty much smaller than my laptop. So putting away my laptop and putting up, you know, my PlayStation 4, I'm actually taking up less space, so it really makes no sense to me why he said it's not okay. But now that I've lost my job and can't play there, and now that apparently I can't set up my console at the coffee shop where I normally go to, which I may or may not continue going to because the connection in general is 
still getting progressively worse all the time. I must consider going to the Internet Cafe, where I used to go. I'm still debating if, you know, I absolutely want to do that or not. Doing some quick but solid figures, you know, removing the coffees I would have, at the co- well, the hot chocolates at the coffee shop, you know, not having the hot chocolates, and then having, you know, a cheap microwave food for dinner, pretty much going to the internet cafe for about three hours a couple of times a week, pretty much breaks even with going to the coffee shop in the morning and then having a slightly more expensive dinner. And by slightly more expensive, I mean, you know, 5 to $8 instead of something that's super cheap. So, I don't know. On the one hand, it would be better to have, you know, a microwaved dinner, sometimes just in general, because, you know, they have vegetables in them, and usually stuff I buy from fast food places don't. So I kind of, you know, would benefit from that probably in general anyways. So, so far the plan looks like two days or so a week, maybe three. I will basically be sacrificing some, I wouldn't call them luxuries, but certainly things I've been doing in recent times in favor of, you know, being able to go and play Destiny for a few hours in the evening. Like I said, you know, I still will check my budget and be sure. And, you know, like I said, it should balance out in terms of budget to, you know, basically the same cost if I change, you know, this thing and this thing. So we'll see. It would kind of be nicer because then I wouldn't have to worry about people stealing my stuff because it's not my stuff. But, you know, at the same time, you know, it is an internet cafe. Even though the consoles are in their own room, you know, who knows who's going to come in and sit down next to me or, you know, have a bunch of people and have some weird console tournament and make a bunch of noise and be really distracting. Or, you know, who knows? Destiny could be so popular there's people there all the time. They only have two consoles. So, you know, if I do get there in the evening and there's somebody there that's been there for hours and he's like, oh, I'm going to play all night. You know, I I could be out of luck. So certainly less than ideal. And um, I don't know. I, I'll look at my options and that will probably be my primary short-term option plan. And it's still like six weeks away or whatever. So, you know, plenty of time to maybe find somewhere else I could potentially set my stuff up or, you know, who knows, maybe get a place to stay or, you know, get a job and have money for a place to stay. You know, who knows what can change in that time. So, you know, my options will stay open, but that's the current plan. Certainly not what I'd hoped. I was hoping, you know, as I've said before in previous podcasts, to play at work Monday and Thursday for, you know, the five hours I was at work and then you know, play from other places at other times, and that would have been, you know, the ideal, but that is no longer an option. So my life continues to be sad and change in ways I can't control. But hopefully everybody out there is having a good time and not having a sad life like me, and hopefully I'll see everybody next time. Okay, thanks, bye. And it is available for pretty much all the platforms. It's uh, it's ah. Uh. Anyways, that's all. As I think I said earlier, there was one mission behind that.
PlayStation Plus membership sort of paywall, which is kind of sad because it was really... Is this the size of the map, typically? Is this, you know, the kind of public events that are going to happen? The Hive haven't been on Earth in centuries. That wizard came from the moon. You have been listening to Rabbit's Ramblings. If you would like to see the show notes or feed the bunny by sending a donation, you can find the show website at www.rabbit.com slash podcast slash rabbits ramblings dot html. When you type rabbits ramblings, don't use the space. If you would like to send me an email, you can do so at rabbit at rabbit.com. If you like my page, you can also post on Facebook at rabbit.com. You can follow me on YouTube at rabbitdot.com. I have a page on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash rabbit, R-A-B-B number one T. You can set up a monthly recurring subscription there at a price point of your choice. Be sure to put the number one in place of I anytime you type rabbit. Rabbit's Ramblings is copyright 2014 and is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license.